This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. I have with me my special guest, Pastor Joe Kirkwood. Uh, Pastor Joe is from Cornerstone Outreach Ministries in Amarillo, Texas. Joe, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program. Well, thank you for having me back. I think this is our third time to be together. I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you what. We've done some very, I thought, good programs. We discussed some things, uh, archaeology out of Egypt that uh, I, most people I don't think would realize, and I think that was very informative. In fact, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned we might uh, touch on Moses that people would find exciting and interesting. We also especially last week. Last week, really, we touched on a lot of miracles, a lot of healings and uh, different types, including just opportune times where the Holy Spirit sends somebody our way and we have to see a divine appointment. We have to, just like Jesus, be moved with compassion and see that this is an opportunity for God to show himself alive and well. Amen. And you, Amen. you gave some testimonies of that, even a person with a broken down car in, in front of you and tremendous things happened after that because you yeah. recognized that it was a divine appointment. Yeah, we, we have these things happen uh, all the time. And I was mentioning sometimes people are going through town, their wheel, uh, one guy's wheel fell off in his car. Another person, their car broke down at a Walmart. At the same time, a tow truck driver came up and uh, they asked for help, and he said, I know I know the guy to take you. So he literally, uh, they got in the tow truck, and he, he brought the whole family here to the outreach center with the car and for us to help him. And that guy was deaf. Wow. <laughs> uh, he was deaf. And uh, his wife, uh, when they were dropping off the car, uh, there's a mechanic shop across the street from us, and they were actually dropping the car over there because the guy called me from the Walmart and I said, oh yeah, bring it and drop it across the street and then, and then we'll help them. We'll help them with food and whatever they need. And so he was, the husband was over there while they're dropping off the car. The wife was there telling me, said, now when my husband walks over here, said, uh, you have to kind of look at him because he reads lips, but he's, he's, he's completely deaf. And I said, uh, how long have been this? He said, well, he lost his hearing when he was just a, a very young boy. And uh, but he can read lips pretty good. And I said, well, I said, I, I'm going to tell you something. I've had thousands of deaf people healed. And uh, anyway, that's what happened to shorten the story. He came over and, and uh, prayed for him. And we allowed him to stay in our building that night uh, in a little apartment. And uh, anyway, God opened his ears. And the next morning I, I got here, went over and, and uh, said, well, how did you sleep? He said, oh, I slept horrible. I said, really? What happened? He said, the fire trucks, the dogs barking. He said, all the noise. I don't know how you people do it with all that noise. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. But the crazy things like that happen. And, uh, you know, of course, God is just doing phenomenal miracles. And and uh, we, we, we saw evidence, you know, even as we, we travel, of course, lots of miracles happen and things. But uh, I, we were talking about Egypt, and, and uh, I haven't shared this story with you, but it comes to mind. Okay. Probably one of the greatest miracles in, in history. 
I mean, there's the crossing of the Red Sea, the, the Red Sea parting. I mean, there's things like that. This one is right up there with that. Okay. And it is documented in Egypt history. And when I was there, uh, there was a guy that was there opening a Bible school on this particular mountain. And he began to relate the story to me and actually brought me a book. And I wish I'd refresh my memory on the book. So if I don't quite get the facts perfect, don't don't get upset with me, but I'll give give you the gist of it. The, the Bible says, if you have faith, as grandma, you can say to the mountain, be plucked up and be removed. Well, that, believe it or not, actually happened in Egypt. Wow. And the story, the story is, and I can't give you the date. Uh, I'd have to go back and refresh my memory, but this is going back a, a few hundred years. What it was, was the king that had gone from being pharaohs to kings, kingship, and the king of Egypt uh, he was quite the debater, and he liked to have different religious leaders to come and debate what they believed. And he was pretty much Muslim, but he was open-minded to different groups. And this is before Egypt became so closed down uh, to different faiths. But he he uh, he invited uh, a Jewish rabbi, and he invited an imam, and then uh, he invited a Christian. And they were debating. And uh, so the the uh, Christian was sharing with them his faith and, and had such a positive argument that the Muslim imam and this Jewish rabbi, they couldn't seem to rebut him. Okay. And so they got frustrated, and so they decided to team up. And so at the next, they got the king to set up another debate. And so at that debate— this imam had read the Bible, and he was looking for something he could trick the Christian by. And uh, this particular Christian was actually Catholic. Anyway, so he found that scripture about if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be plucked up and cast into the sea, or be plucked up and removed. Anyway, they said, well, you do do you believe the Bible is real? He said, oh, absolutely, the, it's infallible word of God. And so they asked him some leading questions, and then, then they said, well, do you believe that these miracles can really happen? He said, absolutely. And he said, well, do you believe that you have faith? And he said, well, you, you must have faith to believe in God. And and uh, said, so would you say you have a uh, a measure of faith? He said, yeah. He said, what about a measure of faith even the size of a like the mu a mustard seed? He said, so absolutely, I do. And so they said, well, here's the deal. We're going to see who's got the real God. And said, So they posed a question. They said, uh, uh, since you believe this, if your God can move a mountain, then you'll be able to stay in Egypt. But if not, you have two options. You can either give up and declare that your God is not real, or you can be killed, or you can leave Egypt forever and no Christians will be allowed. Well, you can imagine that greatly distressed the guy. And so he put the word out. People began praying and, you know, trying to seek an answer, and they had to have an answer by a certain date. And uh, word went out to a man who was a cobbler. He made shoes for a living. And this man, was his name was Simon, and they called him Simon the Cobbler. One of the churches in Egypt is named after this gentleman. And he was such a devout Christian that 
he uh, one day was putting a pair of shoes on a woman and he saw her ankles and he felt a little bit of lust because he saw her ankles. He fell under conviction and he read in the Bible, if your eye offend you, pluck it out. And the man literally plucked his own eye out. Oh, my. Uh, that, that's how devoted he was to God. He so wanted to please God. Well, this man heard the plea and he said, well, we will all have to leave and no Christians could ever come to Egypt. And so he began praying and fasting and asking God for an answer. And God gave this little shoe cobbler the answer and told him exactly what to do. And he went and reported to the Catholic uh, overseer, uh, priest, I guess it was, and reported to him that God had given him the answer, and he knew that God would intervene and that a mountain would move. And so uh, I wish I could remember the name of the mountain, but anyway, uh, the, the day came, and I'm trying to shorten this story for sake of time, but the day came, and they gathered and so the the cobblers the cobbler said, put the Jewish people and put the imam and have them bring all their people and put them on top of this mountain. And it's a mountain right just on outside the edge of Cairo there. And today they're putting a Rama Bible school on that mountain. Oh my! Uh, because because of the event that what happened was now Christians are allowed. It's written in Egyptian history, and so. Anyway, they put them on top of the mountain, and so all of the Catholics and Christians gathered in the valley, and God told him to read a certain psalm, and then when they read the psalm, he was to read the psalm, and then they were to stand and praise God in four directions, and that God was going to do a miracle. Well, he read the scripture and, and the proclamation from the psalm, and then they stood and as they began to shout these words that God gave him, and they've shouted it in the north, south, and east, and west, when they shouted in the direction of this mountain, an earthquake hit and threw the mountain into the air so high that the Christians who were in the valley said they could see under the mountain and see daylight on the other side of the mountain. My goodness. And, it, and, so, and so then they sat down. Well, the imam and all the people that were on the mountain were terrified, and they some of them were on horses, and the horses ran away in fear, and it was caused quite a commotion. And But Simon the cobbler wasn't finished because God told him to do it three times. And they stood and did it again. Three times the mountain went into the air. Every time that the mountain came and landed, the mountain slid down the hill toward the valley, and the, the mountain was moved out of its place each time. And so the third time it slid, well, anyway, it made three smaller mountains as a result of the three earthquakes. And as a result, recorded in Egyptian history, that's why the Coptic Christians are allowed in Egypt in a certain sector, and they're actually guarded by the Egyptian soldiers to guarantee they have a right to worship God there. My goodness. Because of that mountain-moving miracle that happened. I'd never heard of it until I was there and went to the place, but uh, an amazing story. So when you read that scripture, remember that God can move mountains. <laughs> Amen. Uh, three times. 
Yeah, yeah, three times, three yeah. times. Yeah. And each time they could see daylight underneath the mountain. Well, I could only imagine what it would have been like to have been. It would have been terrifying to have been on top of that mountain. Well, you know, but it made a believer. And so when that happened, the king of Egypt uh, wrote it into the law that they were to always be allowed there. Well, that's tremendous. You know, you, yeah. you made a comment last time. Uh, you said most people that call themselves Christians don't press in to do what the Word of God says. And, right. you know, I think that's so true. Uh, our own lack of faith and what God can do stops many times God doing it. Joe? Yes. In fact, I was sharing along these lines last night. And I call it, I just for lack of a better term, I call it stepping into the bubble of anointing. Okay. Unless we as Christians learn how to shut out the distractions, and the distractions can be our emotions, they can be our own fears, our anxieties, they can be the words of other people, uh, they can be chaos, and every time I've, ha- I've been in a situation, especially a life and death situation, I have learned I have to shut out the noise, I have to shut out the distraction, close my eyes and say, God, what do you want me to do? We have to learn how to tap into it. And uh, in fact, we had a guy here in our church that died in 2019, he fell over dead in the back of the church. And there were paramedics, there was chaos, people were crying, he was a much loved brother. And it happened during a revival meeting. On Monday night, uh, the evangelist uh, said, brother, you're going to raise the dead. Well, I was going on Wednesday to Africa. So this was on Monday night. And I thought, well, maybe this is going to happen in Africa. I'd had it happen twice before. I'd had two other dead people raised. And so I said, well, praise God for that. But I little did I know it was going to happen the very next night during the revival meeting on a Tuesday night. Wow. 2019. Uh, I think it was February 2019, and uh, and and so he the man fell over dead at the back of the church during the worship service. Uh, we had trauma nurses in the house; they went to work on him. Paramedics, the whole bit, shocked his heart, did everything, and nothing, nothing brought him back. And they finally declared him dead. And people were crying, and because Melvin was so loved, and he was our uh, singles minister. And uh, he, he, anyway, it was just absolute chaos. But there were people that were praying as well. And uh, I just had to step back from the chaos. And I, I closed my eyes. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And immediately the Holy Spirit said, command life into him and breathe into his mouth. Well, I had given him mouth to mouth initially. And it helped even with the CPR taking a turn and all that because I have medical training. So we'd done all that. And so it was kind of like Jesus saying to the, the fishermen, you know, throw your net on the other side. Well, Lord, we fished all night, but they caught themselves, see? And they said, oh, nevertheless, at your word. And then they obeyed God. Well, God told me, said, breathe into him and command life. And I said, okay, I've already done that, but God, I'm going to, so I asked everybody to step back. The paramedics were loading up the equipment and they were going to, you know, haul him out as a dead body. And I just said, would you just step back and give me a minute? And so I stepped forward. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command life in the Melvin Harbor's body. I command his spirit to get back in this body. And I leaned over and I opened his mouth. I breathed in his mouth. And as I was raising up, 
he came back to life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is tremendous. And so God can do anything if we will learn how to step into that anointing. We have to step into that bubble of anointing, shut out the distractions. Like Jesus told Martha, you're distracted with so many things. Your focus is not on me. But Mary's focus was on Jesus. And most Christians, listen, we have the power. We have that same Jesus inside of us. The resurrection power is on the inside of us. But it can be there and you not tap into it, you know. Well, you know, you can have a race car sitting in your driveway, but if you don't know how to start it, it won't ever go anywhere. That's, you know, that's a fact. I mean, you can you can have a, a horse that can mm -hmm. uh, win every race, but uh, if you don't race them, uh, nothing yeah. happens. Exactly. You know, you said uh, last week, too, many moves of God are quenched because of a lack of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Joe? Absolutely. I believe that many moves of God get shut down because we don't even allow time in services. Pastors today get up and they go right into their same old tradition. See, at the end of that worship time, that's when we're so close to heaven. That's when the, the atmosphere for the miraculous. And we've, we've lost our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. That should be the moment that we allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move, prophecy or tongues interpretation or miracle signs and wonders. And when we're in that atmosphere, to me, it's like a portal has been opened up between heaven and earth. And I hear God and God will give me uh, people in the audience that will he'll tell me different diseases, different conditions. And I just call them out. And uh, I said, if that's you, would you lift your hand? And they lift your hand, would you let me pray for you? I call them to the front in obedience to that word. When we can tie our faith in with the word of God, see, we're 95% we're of the way there. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the obedience is so powerful, but it begins with being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do these things in every service. He does. But, we, but we've got to give. We have to make room for it. Pastor, you know him, Brother McCorkle. Uh, we, we saw him at the conference you and I were at recently in, in uh, Oklahoma. Yes. And uh, he, he had visited our church and he went back to his church. He said, they are seeing a lot of miracles in their church. And he said, I've come to this conclusion because they make room for it. Yes, yes. They are sensitive. They wait on the Holy Spirit to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And uh, I, find that, I find that that's a really conducive time. Even if you're in the marketplace, you know, just don't go about your affairs, but be looking around, be sensitive. Holy Spirit, is there somebody here that needs a miracle? Is there somebody here that's going through something and they need a touch? And allow the Lord to tell you. And when you go up and you share with them, look, the Lord's just put you on my heart, and I feel like you're going through this, and, you know, would you let me pray for you? And almost always, they, they, they nod in their head, yes, because uh, you've given them a prophetic word, just like, Jesus with the woman at the well said, you, you have the husband you have now is not your own. You, you've had five husbands. You, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. See, we need to use these gifts that God has given us in the marketplace, in the church. When we come to church, we don't just need to come in and plop ourselves down. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? No, you're, and, you're and, so correct. 
Yeah, and we have really ushered the Holy Spirit out the door of churches in America, and uh, because we've 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 become seeker sensitive churches all across America, you know. Thank God the Africans and other cultures are not going that way. They'll they'll stay as long as you know they're they're not on a time clock or they're they're there to get something for God and they will stay until they receive something from God. But in America, you know, we don't want to do anything that might upset somebody or that might seem strange or unusual. Well, the Bible says signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, a wonder is something that makes you wonder. It's going to be unusual. Yes. But, but we're, we've become so seeker-sensitive, seeker we're afraid of maybe offending somebody or giving somebody a bit of concern rather than being concerned about offending the Holy Spirit or concerning giving the Holy Spirit concern. And I think the Holy Spirit then just moves on down the road to a place that will let him have free course and operate. Well, you're so true. I know I did an interview earlier today with Apostle Don Beasley and, and talking over Christian myth, mythology and uh, how 90% of today's theology is presented out of 25 to 5% of the pastors of the church. And they're, they're forming the opinion of so many people. And uh, uh, getting into this emergent church that evolves and uh, no longer the authoritative word of God. So we're, mm-hmm. we're in a, an age of just flat heresy out there where, you know, you've mentioned the word of God no longer is taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And so people mm-hmm. don't see signs and yeah. wonders and working of miracles and demons being cast out. Uh, I remember on, uh, yeah. on, on this point of being sensitive, I was on an airline, uh, Northwest Airlines, when they existed, and uh, yeah. I was led by the Holy Spirit to go up to the, uh, the stewardess who was passing out people's uh, food and drinks. And uh, I walked up to her and said, can I pray for you? And, uh, and she said, uh, what for? And I said, you have cancer. And, and she just dropped her trays and all, everybody, you know, all of the stewardess ran toward her like I was attacking her. And she said, no, no, leave him alone. The, the Lord showed him my, my sickness. And I prayed for her right then. But we need to be mm. sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We've got to oh, be led people. by the Holy Spirit, Joe. Yeah, we had a lady that they had given her a few months to live. I was in a restaurant uh, on a Sunday afternoon meeting with some other Christian people. And this lady comes by. Oh, she's in her 40s. Uh, well, uh, yeah, late 40s. And she came by and she said, sir, are you a pastor? I think I've seen your picture on a billboard or something. Well, I really couldn't think of how, where she might have seen me. But I said, yes, I'm a pastor. And she said, well, sometime I'd like to uh, make an appointment. She said, they've, they've diagnosed me with cancer. And I have a little boy. It's just me and this little boy. He has nowhere to go. And and uh, I, they've told me I don't have long to live. And, and uh, you know, I, uh, I just felt to tell you that. I don't know why. And she said, so I make an appointment with you, but I can see you're busy eating and I don't want to bother you. And she just hurried, you know, and walked off. Well, of course, I hear this story. I push the chair back and I go after it. This was, this was in a Golden Corral restaurant. And uh, and so I went after her. I said, ma'am, I said, come back. come Please come back to the day. So I brought her back and I said, listen, our meal is not so important as what you've got going on. And I said, your situation takes precedent. And I said, we see all kinds of people healed of cancer. Would, would it be all right if I just pray for you right now? And she said, well, yes. Well, I laid hands on her. 
And uh, I didn't know, she didn't tell me all the details, but I laid hands on her and uh, the anointing was just flowing into her and tears were in her eyes. And I prayed for her, finished praying for her. Well, then she went on her way. Well, I lost track of her and uh, six months went by and uh, she didn't even know what church I was at or anything. And she came to our food ministry. And when she saw me, she was so excited and she came up and told me what had happened. She said that she felt such, she said she had a tumor that was the size of two hands spread out in her back and it had spread all over her body. Wow. She said, when I laid hands on her, she got hot all over her whole back, got hot and she knew something was happening and it encouraged her so much that she went back to the hospital with her little boy in tow, went from office to office asking doctors, and uh, which is kind of odd. You don't always find doctors in an office at a hospital, honestly. But she she went there, and uh, she and they all told, well, we this is a neurosurgery, very delicate. It's right there at your spine. And no, we don't do that. We don't. She got turned down, turned. But she was so encouraged from the prayer. So she was stepped in an office, and the guy opened the door, and he was on uh, he was on the phone, and uh, she just quickly he said, "Can I help you, ma'am?" And she just quickly told him and he, and he looked at her and he said, well, I tell you, I, I don't know how to do that kind of surgery, but the, the doctor I'm on the phone with, that's the kind of surgery he does. He's a neurologist and he can do that. And so by a miracle, uh, he put the two of them in touch. And this doctor was from another city, the Dallas area. He agreed after looking at stuff to operate on her. Well, the real miracle was when he went to operate this thing was supposedly all intertwined around her spinal column and they thought she might be paralyzed and all they were going to do is remove it. So to give her a little bit longer time so she could find someone to care for her or adopt her son because the cancer was so far gone stage four. Well, anyway, uh, her name is Robin, by the way, and uh, Robin now attends our church. <laughs> wow. And uh, so when they went in, when he opened her up, he said there were two tumors that were attached at one little point, and they were laying in there like two chicken breasts. And he literally reached in and lifted them out. They, they had totally detached from her body, which is what we prayed, and they were just laying inside her body. And he lifted them out, sewed her up, and all the cancer vanished out of her body. Praise God. And uh, it's been uh, five years now. She's cancer-free. It's just been, you know, amazing things like that that happen. You just have to be sensitive. Amen. Uh, even in the marketplace to whatever God leads you to do. So, Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. I've had Pastor Joe Kirkwood, Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. My telephone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Telephone 360-629-5248. And we'll pray for you. doesn't matter what type of cancer. God is a God of miracles. Once again, 360-629-5248. May God richly bless you. <laughs> 